You're listening to the Passion Church Podcast. Our mission is to help people win by living a genuine Jesus-filled life. If you are ever in Cameron, Missouri, then come and join us and be a part of the Passion Church family. You can visit our website, passionchurchmo.com, to find out more about us. All right, 2 Corinthians. Turn to 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. I apologize. Welcome. If you're streaming live with us today, we are glad that you're with us. If you're watching by WOTGTV, God bless you. Glad that you could be a part today. Apologize. My throat's just a little bit scratchy today. I'll do the best that I can. Uh, Those of you who are listening by radio, God bless you. We're glad that you could be a part of our service today. This is a great service here at Passion. We had a a tremendous worship service and a lot of great ministry that happened. You know it's good church when you find Kleenexes all over the floor. You know it's good church. <laughs> We're so glad that you could be a part. And all of you that are here, thank you so much for being a part today. I've got kind of a different message today. <clears throat> and uh, uh, because I'm old and been around a while, I can say the things that I'm going to say today because I got the experience. Uh, But 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, I'm going to read one verse, and I'm lifting it up out of where it is, but I am not changing its context, not changing the way that this verse uh, is used in where it lays. Verse 18, out of the King James, it says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at things which are not seen, For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Let me me read it out of the Amplified for a little more clarity. Since we consider and look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are visible are temporal, brief, and fleeting, but the things that are invisible are deathless. And everlasting. Father, we thank you for your anointing on your word today. We ask, Lord, that you help this pastor share what it was you laid on my heart this week, Father, to be spoken to this congregation, both here locally and around the world. I pray, God, that what we share today, Father, will be an enlightening and raise somebody up, Father, and bring clarity into their heart and into their mind about where we're headed in Christ Jesus. We give you the glory. In Jesus' name, and all the saints said, amen. So this is a new year, the new year 2020. We're going to be starting off a whole new decade in a century. This is, of course, how we measure time in segments, seconds, minutes, hours, days, years, decades, centuries, and millenniums. This century started in 2000. With great uncertainty, who can say amen to that? We were really unsure about the year 2000. How many remember the computer scare, the Y2 scare, that everything's going to shut down, all the grids are going to go down, and everybody's, and how many stockpiled food, don't raise your hand, but how many stockpiled food and water, and we were ready for this major disaster that could come. And so this century started with great uncertainty, a fear of computer crashes, economic failure, the declaration of war from militant forces against the West, 
Terrorism was accelerated by 2001 and an uneasiness settled in on America that hadn't been felt in several decades. Political pandering by both parties have, I'm going to say it, pimped the American people as a whole. And whether you're a conservative or a liberal, your best interests have not really been served. So there's a distrust in our political systems on both sides. Moral absolutes have been eroded into mere suggestions and absolute abolishments in some circles. Who could say amen to that? Gender confusion has staked a claim on the moral climate of our nation. It is like no one wants any rules and no one wants borders and no one wants parameters. You know, our school places and schoolhouses and workplaces have become a place of fear. You used to go to work with no fear. But now you never know when someone around you might be cross with somebody else that you're working with and come in and shoot up the place. It's a great time of uncertainty. We've never known the uncertainty in this nation. Now, other nations may have. But in America, we've never known the uncertainty like we know today in our world. And the mantra or the common social chant is leave us alone and let us do our own thing. Things once called deviant are now hailed as a new norm. The moral landslide of our nation since 1960 has been catastrophic. The erosion of, of the family unprecedented. The luring of the sex industry unrivaled. The human trafficking has become an epidemic of epidemic proportions. Hollywood's regurgitation of immorality and confusion has swallowed America like Jonah and the whale. Yet many great Christian institutions are going to pander the year 2020 like a diagnosis from your eye doctor. You're going to hear things like it's the year of perfect vision. It's the year of great focus. Laser vision or laser focus. You're going to hear the, the year of seeing into our future. You're going to hear follow us into our future. You're going to hear fixed vision. My comment to these things are simply this. If you're casting the vision for your church based upon a corporate model or a socialistic model, I guess that might work for you. But if you want to ask my opinion about 2020, let me say this to you. This is my opinion of where we what we should say and what we should put on a banner over our church. 2020, church, open your eyes. Jeremiah 5.21 says, Hear now this, O foolish people, without understanding, which have eyes and see not, which have ears and hear not. Matthew 13.13, 13, Therefore I speak to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and neither do they understand. The church is as fickle in 2020 as it was in the first century when Jesus was preaching the gospel on the shores of Galilee. For the same crowd that he fed fish and loaves and worked a mighty miracle was the same crowd not long after that who stood outside of Pilate's hall and cried, crucify him. It's not hard to turn the masses. It's not hard to turn people. This is why God called us sheep. This is why Jesus said we're sheep. It was not a compliment. He's saying you're easily led about. You're easily distracted. You're easily discouraged. You're easily scattered. 
and God is looking for a people who understand the time in which we're living and are willing to stand up to whatever comes down the pike and still hold to the biblical standard of his word. Who could say amen to that? Society as a whole has been captivated by lies spewed from satanic influence, mesmerized by the reasonings of demonic rhetoric packaged through the subtle hue of a hypocritical angel of light. We have mantras like save a well but kill a human fetus, crying human rights while denying the very breath of life to other human beings. My message today, although pointing out all of the obvious darkness of this present age, is truly one of hope, so pay close attention. We are living in the predictions of the Messiah in Matthew 24. The generation that sees wars, earthquakes, floods, blood moons, astrological signs, eclipses, needs to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. In 2016 and in 2017, we witnessed blood moons, eclipses, and the sign of the Son of Man all in the sky above Cameron, Missouri. God said that what the generation that sees all these things happening all at the same time, that's the generation. Someone might say, well, all these things have been, all these things have been except blood moons and signs and the sign of the sun all happening all at the same time in the same year, all together in, in a culminative uh, move. And all of us have witnessed that. And when we saw it, we were all excited and we talked about it. But then life gets busy, things get busy, and we continue on, and nothing changes in our life. And pretty soon we're right back into the old routines, the way they've always been, and we just come to church as a routine. God is looking for a people who are over routine. He's looking for a people who are hungry. He's looking for a people who are thirsty. He's looking for a people who are sold out. He's looking for a people who desire him, who are not afraid of his name, not ashamed of his name, not afraid to come in and raise their hands, not afraid to shout, not afraid to have glory, not afraid to let him be God. He's looking for a people who will hold up his standard and proclaim his name long and loud. Who could say amen to that? All of these things happened in rapid succession. So wake up, church, your redemption draweth nigh. There's been both a great awakening and a falling away predicted. And we're seeing a great falling away in the church of Jesus Christ. There's a great falling away. In fact, there are, there are men who stand on mighty platforms, much mightier than the one I stand on today, who are telling us to ignore evangelism and to stop preaching the gospel of truth and to stop telling people there's a better way and to stop preaching Jesus. If I was to speak it out, I might get all kinds of hate mail, so I'll leave names out of it. But I want you to understand this, that there are those who are standing up, there's a great falling away happening, and God is looking for those who are going to lean in for a great awakening. How many want to be a part of a great awakening? Mm. This week... I saw an obscure news report calling for the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem. This is in Jewish news. They're calling now publicly for the rebuilding of the third temple. 
Ladies and gentlemen, that tells you where we are on the timeline of God. If you understand anything about the book of Revelation, you know that that is the earmark sign of the end. When the temple becomes a reality, ladies and gentlemen, we're living in the last of the last of the last fleeting moments of time. Are you with me so far? Also, on May the 14th of 2020, the Pope is calling for a globalization of all the religions of the world. They're wanting to, to bring about a super religion that re-educates our young people and giving society empowerment over the parent to educate our children globally. I just wanted to share that with you. It's coming together in a humanist mindset. Open your eyes, church of Jesus Christ. The time is at hand. John, the ninth chapter, the fourth verse says, I must work while the works of him that sent me while it is day, because the night cometh when no man can work. And as confusing as the world is becoming, as difficult as it can be to navigate the unsure waters of our society, our hope is in the soon return of our Savior who could say amen. In the last days, knowledge shall increase. According to Daniel, the 12th chapter, the fourth verse, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end, for many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Daniel is hearing from God a description of the end generation, the final generation of man. Here's what he's hearing. It's a hurried society, busy in life, busy in business, busy in commerce, busy in schedule, busy in mind, too busy for God, racing around, always on the go, no time to rest, and no one communicates anymore face-to-face. -face. It's all done by electronic device. We're too busy for family, too busy for self, and way too busy for God. Who could say amen to that? Always thirsting to know more. Knowledge has increased since 1900 to 1969. We went from horse and buggy to space travel just in 69 years. And since 1969 to today, computers that once filled rooms now are in your phones that you carry about every day. They're in your sunglasses. They're underneath your skin. I just recently watched to my own utter amazement, as Dr. Oz recently did a positive piece on the benefits of microchipping with an RFID or radio frequency ID chip. They are pushing it now. It will not be hard to get society to warm up to this. It will not be hard at all because it is going to look so convenient and it's going to solve so many problems that people will line up to get, uh, to get their RFID chip. But ladies and gentlemen, we also know that the word tells us very clearly that the last generation shall eventually turn cashless. I just watched a television show just this week. Did you know that all, A-L-L, -L, all of Sweden is now cashless? And many portions of Germany, cashless. It is moving across Europe in a blinding pace. It is coming and trying to come to the shores of America. 
God has a better idea. Who can say amen to that? I'm here to get us to understand that we're living in a time of urgency. We are now waiting on the newest developments in the 5G broadband. Driverless cars, driverless tractor trailers, common space travel, flying motorcycles, hovercraft, smart homes, satellite positioning, computers that now break the language barriers of the world, drones and robots and medical information and medical surgeries done by robots, uh, organs created in Petri dishes, and some uh, are created for the very dark and deviant purposes to, to cause sin to grow in greater ways. I won't go into that because there are children in the room. There's warfare now by combining human DNA and robotic technology. They are trying to develop super soldiers for battle. Things once only seen in Hollywood sci-fi movies are today's realities, ladies and gentlemen. But we've been warned, we've been told, we've been told these things are coming. But church, it's time we start acting like we understand what it is that we see. As our opening text reveals, it is time to open our eyes. We are being dazzled by the temporal. We are living in many cases mesmerized by the high-paced electronic wizardry of life and have lost the importance of seeing with our spiritual eyes and senses. It is time, church, to wake up. I know I sound like an old-time Pentecostal preacher. Thank you for the compliment. I know I sound like I've got a message from yesteryear. But listen to me. This is not a yesteryear message. It's that we've watered the message down to the point no one preaches the truth anymore. No one tells the truth. No one tells us there's a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. No one tells us that there are moral absolutes. No one tells us that God has a parameter to measure human success by. No one tells us anymore. And even if they do, we don't want to hear it because it's easier to believe what's being spewed by our media and, and being brainwashed, if you will, by the powers out there that are always spewing things and constantly boiling the a little at a time until pretty soon we're accepting whatever comes down the pike as socially acceptable and eventually spiritually acceptable. But God who wrote the Bible, God who created man, does he not reserve the right to tell us how it's done? Mm. I'll finish. We're living in most cases mesmerized. And we've lost the importance of seeing with our spiritual eyes and senses. But it's time, church, to wake up. It's time that we understand this isn't over. This isn't done. If you hear what I'm saying today as throw down your hands and give up and go sit in the corner 
and wait for the trumpet to sound, you are missing the purpose of this message. What I want to share with you is the understanding that time is wasting away. What I want you to understand is time is winnowing down. The few last grains in the, in the hourglass of time are beginning to fall to the bottom of the hourglass. And we have but a few short days to carry out the mission that God has called us to. We very well might be the final generation. Now, God might delay his coming for a long time, but I believe from the signs that I'm seeing and all the things that I know about Matthew, the 24th chapter, and Revelation, and Daniel, and Ezekiel, I truly believe in my heart that we are the final generation, and we need to be acting as though we are the final generation. We need to be preaching like we're the final generation. We need to be telling sinners that, that before it's everlastingly too late, there is hope in Jesus Christ. You can get out of the things that are dragging you backwards. We're living in a time of, of moral landslide. We're living in a time when billionaires now are being caught for the secret things that they've been doing behind the scenes and sex trafficking and all of the nasty, gross things that you and I are often are not touched by in middle America. I want you to understand God has seen it all all along and God is looking for a generation to stand up and say there is but one way unto God. His name is Jesus Christ. It is not a multifaceted way. Although the Pope might be gathering uh, religious leaders from around the world to try to get some kind of an agreement between the religions of the world, the Bible's very clear. There's only one way to God, and that is through Jesus Christ, his Son. He is the way, the truth, the life, and the only way to the Father, if you believe that, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We don't need a humanist mindset. The world's filled with a humanist mindset. And the church doesn't need a humanist mindset. We need a God mindset. We need the mind of God. We need the mind of Christ. We need to walk like him, talk like him, be like him, share him like there is no tomorrow. Because tomorrow may not come. Mm. Now, I don't know where you stand, whether you're pre-tribulation catching away or if you're mid-tribulation catching away or post. It makes no difference to me at this stage of the game. We need to be ready and we need to be preaching and we need to be moving and we need to keep trusting because the sounding of the trump is about to come. The time of the Gentile is drawing to an end. But here's the beauty, church. There's still a God upon the throne. There's still a people he desires to win. There's still a mercy extended. There's still an opportunity for the lost. There's still a reason to arise each morning and dress for battle. There's still a hope for mankind. There's still good news to spread. There's still a purpose for the church and the people who make up that church. There's still a reason to congregate, and there's still a reason to worship. There's still a reason for passion church. There's still a reason to pray and to intercede. There's still hope for America. And the world, the world needs to know there's hope in Jesus Christ. There's still hope for our family. There's still hope for our friends. There's still hope 
as long as Jesus is still on the throne. Until he returns, we have a job to do and a world to win. Until we hear the trumpet sound, we cannot quit. We cannot lay down. We cannot become lackadaisical. We can't become lackadaisical about our attendance in church. We can't become lackadaisical about the work that God has called us to do or the mission God's called us on. We can't lay down. We can't quit. We can't play. We've got to get busy about the Father's business. Mm. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, the sun is sitting in the west and daylight is drawing to a close. The generation or time of the Gentile is about to run its course and the time is now. The time is now. The time is now. <coughs> Open your eyes, church. Sluggish, lethargic, sporadic church attendance must end. Prayerless living must cease. Wordless, anemic Christian living must end. Today is the call to open our eyes and see the spiritual truth of where we are. We either love God or we love the world. We either want God in his way or we want to follow the world. There's no in-between and there is no, there's no holding ground. We're either in, on fire for God or we're not. And God is desiring us to draw the line of demarcation and to open our eyes and stop being cute and stop trying to make a name for ourselves and stop hoping that we have the biggest church in town and stop trying to impress others by what we know, who we know, or the size of our church. God is looking for a people who are more concerned about winning souls, more concerned about upholding a brother, more concerned about spending our time on our face in prayer, more concerned about relationship than we are about being cute. There's no time to play. God is through with that. The time is through with that. Ladies and gentlemen, we're about to make a monumental move. And when we get to the new ground, I'm trusting God is going to open the doors like never before. I'm trusting God is going to do things like we've never seen. I'm trusting God to do mighty, miraculous miracles. I'm trusting God to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ever thought to ask him for. We have his word for it. He's already told us. He's already told us what he's about to do what he wants to do because while there is a, a large segment of society that is falling away there is also a remnant on the rise a people who won't compromise a people who won't back down a people who won't quit a people who won't stop if what I said today has brought fear to you you heard the message wrong no, we're living in the most exciting time that man will ever know because God is about to come and redeem his church and come back to his bride, Israel, and say, now, tag, it's your turn. The time of the Gentile is about to close. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to miss my moment I don't want to miss my moment in God. I don't care if anyone ever knows my name. I don't care if anyone ever knows my face. I don't care if anyone ever knows anything about me. If they can't remember me, but they can remember what I said, that's all that counts. If they can remember how I loved, 
That's all that counts. If they can remember that I led them to an altar of salvation, that's all that counts. I don't care if they ever know me as long as they know him. And ladies and gentlemen, we're about to step into 2020 with our eyes open. Who could say amen to that? Would you stand to your feet? Amen, amen, amen. To our radio audience, those of you that are streaming, God bless you. Pastor Colleen, we love you. We're glad that you're watching in today. And everyone else that's watching by streaming, God bless you. Those of you that are watching by television, God bless you. I want to do something just real quickly, and I want all of our media audience to join us. Would you just bow your head? Father, in the name of Jesus. We are the children of the Most High God. We are servants of the Most High. And we love you with every fiber of our being. And we will not be a generation that is caught unaware, but we are a generation, Father, who understand the time and the signs, and we can see where we are. And we dedicate our life to you right now. We dedicate our heart to you. And everything about who we are to you, right here, right now. Father, we are that generation. And you have given us this region. And the region in which we live and the neighborhoods in which we occupy. Father, we will terrorize the gates of hell with the positive message of Christ Jesus. We will reach into the hurting and the broken and, the, and those, Father, who need a touch. We will reach in, Father, to the lives of those who desire you and hunger for you and thirst for you. We ask, Father, that you shake us. Shake us awake, Father. Open our eyes that we might see the time in which we live. Understanding, Father, that what's coming, Father, is some of the most perplexing times that man has ever known. And yet in the midst of it, there is a remnant on the rise who will carry the mandate and the message of Jesus Christ until the sounding of the trump. And we, Father, say, here I am, Lord, use me. Here I am, Lord, remember me. Here I am, Lord, take me with you. Let me represent you. Let me be your child of representation here on the earth. And we give you the honor and the glory and the praise in Jesus' mighty name. And Passion Church said, amen. And you said, amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you on Facebook or Instagram at Passion Church Mo. Until next time, God bless.